0: Hello, everybody. Welcome once again. As we continue on in our study through the Old Testament, we we took five years and worked through the New Testament, and now we're almost two years into our study in the Old Testament. And we have worked through the book of Genesis together, and now we're working through the book of Exodus. And we're 19 chapters in today. I think it's very, very beneficial for us to work through the Bible this way. It helps us to understand context, and um, you've heard me say from the beginning that it's so important that we have a, you know, we we get the context of the Scripture so that we don't take things um, and make them say something that they were never intended to stay, say. So we we look at them chapter at a time, and we we look at the bigger picture and how they all fit together. That uh, was very helpful in the New Testament. Now we're we're working through the Old Testament and. A lot of the things that we talked about in the New Testament we'll see sort of forming and, and uh, uh, developing in the Old Testament in ways for us to understand. So very, very helpful for us in that process. Exodus is a fascinating book. Um, you know, the, the main sort of things I want you to take away from um, the, the book of Exodus are about the Passover, about the parting of the Red Sea, about the law and the tabernacle. And so we have sort of worked our way through now those first two and, and we have seen um, the exodus take place in effect uh, as, as the children of Israel have been delivered from bondage in Egypt after 430 years. We have seen the parting of the Red Sea and, and uh, how God dealt with the Egyptian army as the sea collapsed back upon them. Um, and now begins this the formation of this community of people that are the people of God, uh, the nation of Israel and um, there's about two and a half million of them, two million of them um, that are now out in the desert um, set free they, um, God is, is beginning to teach them about who He is, you know, and He demonstrated that He was indeed the big G God um, throughout the plagues that we'd seen, and that the gods in the little g gods in Egypt were false gods, um, um, just by the way that he overcame them constantly in the ten plagues that we witnessed and saw and read, and now he's beginning to teach them that um, he will take care of them, and they can trust him. Uh, and this is sort of a um, interesting time, and so he's given them little sort of ways to learn to trust him. Um, they're in a desert, and so their big issues so far, uh, to this point, have been food and water. And when they didn't have one or the other, they would really complain against God. And so he stepped in and said, look, I will take care of you. And we've seen how he's provided water for them supernaturally. And we've also seen how he's provided them food. And then he continues to provide them, provide them their daily bread in the form of manna. Uh, he, he began to teach them about how they were to follow the things that he said, with the, um, when the manna started to come, because he, he told them, remember, listen, for five days you go out and collect enough manna for the day, for you and your family, uh, and if you collect any more than you need, it's going to go bad on you. On the sixth day, you can collect enough for two days, um, because it's got to last for two days, and then the, um, the second day, you're not allowed to go out and gather any manna because I'll just take care of you for two days and so you'll get a Sabbath you'll get a break you'll take a a rest and sure enough that's how things are going and at first you know the people were taking too much or they weren't taking enough or they were trying to get you know they didn't they would go out on the day they weren't supposed to go out and and God's had a lot of patience and and, uh, grace with them to this point he's letting them see that they can listen and and they need to trust him and they need to obey on the journey because um, the law is coming pretty quickly and when He gives that to them He's going to tell them that if they'll if they'll follow Him and listen to His commandments they're going to be blessed and if they choose not to it's not going to go well for them and that's kind of we're heading more rapidly now to the giving of the law um, in the process so today we're in chapter 19 and um, if you remember back into the beginning of Exodus when God spoke to Moses at the burning bush He gave him a promise and He said when you have brought the people out of Egypt you shall serve God on this mountain and as we head into this chapter now that promise has been fulfilled the, the, the nation of Israel is at Mount Sinai the mount of God and they're gonna remain there for the next 11 months and so they're gonna learn a lot of stuff while they're there and, and so God has redeemed his people that's part of the story of Exodus and now he's claiming them as his own and, and He's going to enter into them, uh, with them, this covenant relationship just as He would promised um, all along. And so we're, we're heading up to that part now, fulfilling His promises. So Let me start to read and then we'll talk about it on the other side. Exodus 19, beginning in verse 1. I'm reading it out of the NIV. Whatever translation you're using is fine. In the third month, after the Israelites left Egypt, on the very day they came to the desert of Sinai... After they set out from Rephidim, they entered the desert of Sinai, and Israel camped there in the desert in front of the mountain. Then Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain and said, This is what you're to say to the house of Jacob, and what you're to tell to the people of Israel. You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt, and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations you will be my treasured possession." Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites. So Moses went back and summoned the elders of the people and set before them all the words the Lord had commanded him to speak. The people all responded together, we will do everything the Lord has said. So Moses brought their answer back to the Lord. The Lord said to Moses, I am going to come to you in a dense cloud so that the people will hear me speaking with you And will always put their trust in you. Then Moses told the Lord what the people had said. And the Lord said to Moses, Go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow. Have them wash their clothes and be ready by the third day. Because on the third day the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. Put limits for the people around the mountain and tell them, Be careful that you do not go up to the mountain or touch the foot of it. Whoever touches the mountain shall surely be put to death. He shall surely be stoned or shot with arrows. Not a hand is to be laid on him. Whether whether man or animal, he shall not be permitted to live. Only when the ram's horn sounds a long blast may they go to the mountain. After Moses had gone down the mountain to the people, he consecrated them, and they washed their clothes. Then he said to the people, Prepare yourselves for the third day. Abstain from sexual relations. On the morning of the third day, there was thunder and lightning with a thick cloud over the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast. Everyone in the camp trembled. Then Moses led the people out of the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the foot of the mountain. Mount Sinai was covered with smoke, because the Lord descended on it in fire. The smoke billowed up from it like smoke from a furnace. The whole mountain trembled violently, and the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder. Then Moses spoke, and the voice of God answered him. The Lord descended to the top of Mount Sinai and called Moses to the top of the mountain. So Moses went up, and the Lord said to him, Go down. And warn the people, so they do not force their way through to see the Lord, and many of them perish. Even the priests who approach the Lord must consecrate themselves, or the Lord will break out against them. Moses said to the Lord, The people cannot come up Mount Sinai, because you yourself warned us. Put limits around, in the, mount, around the mountain, and set it apart as holy. The Lord replied, Go down and bring Aaron up with you. But the priests and the people must not force their way through to come up to the Lord, or He will break out against them. So Moses went down to the people... And told them, blessed be the word of the Lord. That's Exodus chapter 19. So, um, the the people are about to enter into a brand new relationship with God. And it's going to be different than what they've experienced to this point. And it starts here at Mount Sinai, um, which is one of the most sacred locations in Israel's history. Um, as I said, this is where God... Uh, where Moses met God in the burning bush, was in Mount Sinai. Um, God made His covenant with Israel there. Elijah hears the voice of God whisper there. Um, Here God's going to give His people His laws and guidelines for right living. And and they will learn while they're here the potential blessing of obedience and the tragic consequence of disobedience. All of that's going to take place here um, at uh, Mount Sinai in this next little season. And as we continue on in, in verses 3 through 6, um, the, the, the sign that was given Moses way back in the beginning is fulfilled. Uh, and he's returned to the mountain of God. And um, that has to be an amazing thing for Moses. I mean, he's, he's watched everything. But remember how his journey started those years ago when, when God appeared to him in the burning bush and said, this is what's going to happen. And promised that one day that would take place. It's been a long time coming. But God is faithful to his promises and and uh, it had to be something, even though Moses had watched what God had done, you know, through everything and the plagues and all that he'd done, but now to sit there and go, Wow, that's it's amazing, he's done everything that he said he would have done, he's fulfilled the promise, and he will continue to fill his promises. Um, and so when Moses went up to the mountain to see the Lord, um, there's a um, god delivers uh, a speech, for lack of a better word, about eagle's wings. And um, it's very famous, and, and, uh, or at least we, we get it. And we sing a lot of songs about it. It pops up um, in the Psalms and stuff. Uh, but the metaphor of the eagle's wings is developed uh, in Deuteronomy 32.11. I know it's not in the notes, so I'm going to read it to you. Deuteronomy 32.11. It says, "...like an eagle that stirs up its nest and hovers over its young, that spreads its wings to catch them and carries them on its pinions." And so it's a picture of the compassion and the love and the protection and the strength and the, and the watchfulness of God. And, and it's all sort of uh, so they can compare it to the, um, the majestic sort of eagles, you know, um, attributes and, and how the, the, they take care of their young and what that looks like. And this is what's being pictured here um, for us in, in, uh, in God making sure they get it and how He's going to take care of them and what it looks like. Uh, so that they they understand it and he also does something neat in those verses Uh, he refers to um, the people of God in two ways he calls them the house of Jacob which is a reminder of how this all started remember 430 years previously Jacob had gone into Egypt um, where Joseph provided a place for him as a family of 70 and now they're coming out as um, the house of Jacob but he also calls them the people of Israel and so there's this whole thing, this new nation, this new whole thing of God is taking place at this point in time. And um, he had a reason, God did, for rescuing the Israelites for slavery. And, and so now what he's, uh, he's about to do is he's tell them the reason. This is why I've done this. And it's that Israel was to become a, a kingdom of priests and a holy nation where, where anyone could approach God freely. This was the idea behind it. This is why he ransomed them. Then. It was a way for the nations to come to know God. And so he chose um, the people of Israel to, to be the, the vehicle and the vessel that that would happen. But the people quickly mess up as people do. And uh, like we would do. And, and so rather than being obedient, they move into a lot of disobedience. And what happens is, rather than becoming a kingdom of, of priests and a holy nation at that point in time, um, the, what's gonna, what you're going to see in Leviticus is a priesthood developed um, uh, from the tribe of Levi. Um, those are Aaron's descendants. And they're going to have to do, um, for a season, a pretty long season, um, they're going to fulfill the role of priest rather than um, the people. And it should have been all the people, but they just, by their refusal to obey became not an option for them here's where we're fortunate if you remember in the New Testament and because of our wonderful Jesus we are once again um, a people uh, a holy people um, a priesthood first Peter 2 9 says we're a chosen people a royal priesthood a holy nation a people belonging to God that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light and so because of Jesus uh, the death and resurrection of Jesus and and us being um, you know reconciled to God through him we now are becoming the very thing that was supposed to happen in the very beginning this was what was supposed to happen with the people of Israel but their refusal to um, obey and do as God would instruct them um, now we have once again that opportunity but we have it in Christ which is good because if we were without Jesus we would be lost just like they were so um, you start these things happening this is how it's supposed to be sin has messed everything up continued to mess it up and now um, in Christ these things are coming back into the way they were supposed to be sometimes people ask um, why God chose Israel and and um, he, he wanted to have a people who would represent what, what the life of God would look like um, his way of life he, he wanted a nation that, that um, he, could, he could develop so that they could teach the rest of the world what this life was supposed to be like in him and, and so that was how it originally started and, and the promises you know that, that all the nations of the earth would be blessed through Abraham's descendants. Certainly came true in Christ, but, but the 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 nation was chosen to be a representative uh, and and they, they they're gonna they're gonna mess up. But but fortunately they're there because through Israel comes Jesus and how we have life today. The Messiah will come through um, the, the people that God chose and and, um, and so God you're going to watch him now take Israel and he, they're going to go through this training program but he's doing that because he wants them to be the people that impact the earth for the sake of his kingdom so they'll do some well and some not so well but Jesus comes and straightens that out for us uh, and so we're, we're seeing the covenants sort of taking place here with Abraham um, that he's promised to make them a great nation and, and now we're, we're watching that really come to play here in the process uh, verses 9 and 11 Moses is told to go consecrate the people to get them ready for this um, for God's going to speak um, he's going to speak to Moses in effect out of the mountain but he's going to speak so that they can all hear it but they weren't to take this lightly and they were to prepare and they were to get themselves ready for this whole process and, and know that it was never to be you know, a thing that they would take lightly to, to be in the presence of God there were going to be limits um, because He would come but they couldn't go charging up the mountain or anything because it would take lightly the holiness of God and, and again we, we always want to be thinking about you know the holiness of God and what that looks like and making sure that we're, we're taking time to spend with Him and we're, we're, um, we're aware of how amazing it is and we never take it for granted and we're, we're taking that time to pray and to, and to read the Word and to just have time in relationship with the Lord um, th- this, he wanted to make sure they understood the difference between um, holy God who loved them and sort of the false gods of Egypt and the false, you know, the idols whom they could have, you know, contact with. That it was going to be different with God, and even the priests who were to approach the Lord needed to consecrate themselves. Let me just say, this isn't the Levitical priesthood yet because they haven't been established. The priest at this time would have been. Do you remember when God spared all the firstborn? sons of Israel, and they were consecrated to Him as priests. So at that point in time, that's who it is, the firstborn sons of Israel. But even they had to go, they, they couldn't just take it lightly, and, and uh, they had to be, you know, careful, and, and Moses and Aaron had an access that, that none of the rest of them had. Okay. And, and now, again in Christ, amazing, Hebrews 12, 18 through 24, because of what Christ has done, we have an access that they couldn't even imagine. Um, Hebrews 12:18. "You have not come to a mountain that can be touched and that is burning with fire, to darkness, gloom and storm, to a trumpet blast, or to such a voice speaking words that those who heard it begged that no further word be spoken to them, because it could not bear what was commanded. If even an animal touches the mountain, it must be stoned. The sight was so terrifying that Moses said, "I'm trembling with fear, but you have come to Mount Zion." To the heavenly Jerusalem the city of the living God you have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly to the church of the firstborn whose names are written in heaven you have come to God the judge of all men to the spirits of righteous men made perfect to Jesus the mediator of a new covenant and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel the writer of Hebrews tells us about how how amazing it is how how much more significant how superior Jesus is to Moses because Jesus opened up a way for us to come to God with great joy and experience Him um, in, in ways that they, they, they would never. And so all of these are pictures of things that are coming and are happening and, and yet we're right in the middle of it there and it's being set up and developed and, and so kind of have an idea of how it's coming to be and what's happening and why it's important and, uh, and soon the, you know, the law is coming and we'll see how He begins to direct His community when that takes place that's enough for tonight if you're watching on the video thanks for doing it or on the webcast good to, good to have you guys with us come and see us when you get a chance and uh, we'll be back next week for the rest of you you can pass up your prayer requests